Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning, WCF and the incredible live stream audience all around the nation that is there tuning in today to the program. We have the honor today to read the Word of God to you today from the book of Matthew. My name is Rick Shimachero. My wife Kathy is with me today, and together we'll be officiating this here service. In Matthew 24, 1, it says, in Jesus, As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded to you see all these buildings I tell you the truth they will be completely demolished not one stone will be left on top of another in 70 AD we see the fulfillment of that when Titus the Roman Emperor came in and leveled the entire city of Jerusalem later Jesus said on the Mount of Olives his disciples came to him privately and said tell us when will all this happen what sign will signal your return and the end of the world. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming that I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Ethnos group against ethnos group within nations over there. And it said there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then, immediately following, 3,978 times in the scripture, then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed, and you'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. And sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. The love is the agape love that God has deposited inside you and I as his offspring today. It says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. The incredible news is what's happening today around our world today is the scriptures are being fulfilled before our very eyes. Kathy and I had the opportunity with the group, many of you on it, in February to go over to the uh, Holy Land and to be there, one of the last uh, groups that was allowed in the nation. And we saw some amazing things that the Jordan River was at flood level. The Jordan River was at the highest level it had been in many, many years after the severe drought that they've had over the last decade. And in the Jerusalem Post, it said, following record rainfall, this was on April 13th, 2020, it said, following record rainfall, the Sea of Galilee overflows. And it says, an omen of Messiah's arrival by Andrew Elibat. Interesting enough, the prophet Isaiah said in 45.8, rain down your heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. 
the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee, continues to rise as rain continues to fall in Israel. Amazingly, rising six centimeters even over the weekend of April 13th, which is the latter part of the early rains. And then he goes on and he says over there, he says, bringing its level to 209 meters below sea level and just 20 centimeters below the upper red line signaling that the lake is full. The lake is currently at the highest level it's been since 2004. It said 10 years ago Israel was suffering from a horrible drought. Someone asked Rabbi Cook, now listen to his answer here, what the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee, when it will be full. He said, Rabbi Cook said, when the Messiah arrives, the Kinneret will be full. We are witnessing a miracle over there today in the Middle East, in the rains coming down of heaven, but it signifies also the rains of heaven are upon the church today for the last day harvest. God is in this here season of isolation. He's incubating birth. He's birthing things inside of you and things inside of me, how that we can reach a lost and a broken world world that knows not Christ because remember the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world and then the end will come it's harvest time today it's harvest time today for the dead in hearts the barren hearts the backslidden hearts the unreached people groups are coming to the Lord the way we're sons and daughters are coming back according to the prophet Isaiah 60 of this time frame of history the prayers of generations are being answered and the glory of God is being revealed the glory of God is manifesting the glory of God that was given to bring us one into unity which is happening all throughout the leadership of Canada and I'm here to say the greatest harvest in history is happening right before our very eyes today but it's going to take something called the enduring spirit to keep us all in track to keep our focus on Christ and his cross and to keep our focus on the harvest bringing in and reaching out to a lost and broken world and I've asked my wife, Kathy, to join me today, and let's turn it over to her right now. Well, good morning, church. We are so excited to be here at WCF. I mean, this is a new experience for us, seeing an empty church, but we know that you're out there. We know that we're connected, and we're excited to be there with you and to be able to share what's on our hearts today. And we're going to talk about the enduring spirit. Whenever you're in a trial, whenever there's circumstances that you find yourself in, you feel sometimes like it's never going to end, that it, you just can't see light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, we all go through those times in life. We've had those experiences. You know, Jesus, he went on a road of suffering when he was carrying his cross towards Golgotha. And they call it, you know, uh, that road of suffering, uh, the Via Della Rosa. And, you know, we often find ourselves at cer certain periods of our lives where we're on a road of suffering and we don't see the end of it. We don't know when is th when is things going to go back to normal? When are we going to feel like we're, you know, able to do the things we want to do? Our life's going to be good again. And so when we're in these times, these are such crucial times for us because that enduring spirit is developed in us. And there's ways and things that we can do so that we can overcome and we could not, you know, we, we tend to want to get discouraged. You know, whenever you look at circumstances, whenever you see what's in front of you, whenever you hear the bad news or 
the reports are just, it's so easy to get discouraged. It's so easy to lose heart because we begin to focus on those things rather than focusing on what God tells us to focus on. I want to read this scripture here in Colossians 3, starting at verse 1. And it says, since you have been raised to new life. The good news is you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights. In other words, look at something. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. You know, so often we forget that heaven awaits us. We forget that we are going to be coming into a kingdom, a kingdom of God that is full of righteousness, full of peace, full of joy, and all of the cares and all of the sicknesses and sorrows of this life are not going to be there. And so it says, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, and he knows exactly what's going on there. He, you know, he hasn't left the throne. God has not left the throne. And so we know that they are there. But it says, think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. You know, we do live in this world. We have the five physical senses. We see, taste, you know, touch, smell, hear. And all of these things around us are so real to us. They, they tend to just, you know, rise up and, and cause us to be blinded to what really is out there in the spirit realm. And so we're going to talk about that. How do we see past? How do we see past what's in front of us? How do we see past and into the spirit realm so that we can get a hold of the things of God? It says, things about the things, think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth, for you died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world. See, he's going to be revealed to the whole world. You will share in all of his glory. And then it tells us some keys right here. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. And don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. See, we are here to live for another kingdom. Not for this world, but for the one to come. Yes, we occupy this world, but we're occupying it, bringing into and advancing the kingdom of God. That is why we, we're here. So to have the enduring spirit means that we have to be steadfast. We have to be fixed on the goal. We have to set our sights on where we're going. We have to not allow the things we're hearing around us to bother us, to get us upset, or to cause us to lose our peace and our joy. We need to know there's a better day coming. You know, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a people that love him, that that worship him, that know him. And so that's what we're called to do in this time. The more we press into him, the more we have faith in him, the more we can endure, the more we can, you know, overcome and have patience with all of the things that are happening around us. You know, um, we moved into a new home two months ago. And of course, normally when we move, we have lots of help after we move into do things and put things together and you know we had to uh, buy a lot of new furniture because we sold all our old furniture and so you know we've had to put a lot of that stuff together and so it's been challenging because we're not gifted in that area and I know recently we bought these bookcases and Pastor Rick was trying to put these bookcases together and you know he put them together he was reading all the directions step one two three four but when he got to step four he realized he did something wrong in step one so he had to take them all apart again so then he put them all together again and then he did it wrong again and then he had to take take them all apart. And I'm looking at him, I'm thinking like, just forget it, you know, like, don't worry about it. But he would not quit. I mean, he was like, he was determined 
determined that he was going to get those bookcases put together. You know, he stayed up half the night trying to figure it out and making sure. And, you know, he doesn't give up or quit easily. So when he puts his mind to something, he's going to go for it. And that's the way we have to be, you know, with the kingdom of God. You know, we got to go for it. we got to set our heart on his kingdom, not on this world. Because if we look at this world, it's discouraging. It's depressing. You know, there's, there's a lot of hopelessness out there right now. And we need to know that there is a better day. And our sights need to be set on that better day and on what God is doing on the earth and what he wants to do in and through us. The enduring spirit speaks about keeping on a path, going in a direction, hitting a goal with obstacles all around, with troubles on every side, but it continues to persevere regardless of what's happening around them, but keeping right on the inside of them. And so what are the areas that we're going to have to continue to endure, to continue to persevere, continue to break through in? I believe this here that in the book of James, it gives us some understanding of this here, because in James, it actually says, count it all joy, my brother, when diverse trials and troubles come your way. And I looked up that word troubles, and it's very, very interesting. It literally speaks about problems. Uh, any question or matter involving doubt, okay? Uh, uncertainty or difficulty. It speaks about hard to understand or solve, hard to deal with or to get on with issues. It speaks about annoyances, to disturb, uh, to bother to a person in a way that actually displeases, troubles, or slightly irritates them, okay? Other uh, translations say burdensome, pester, worrisome, inconvenience, not suiting one's um, uh, untimely, stressful needs, the physical pressures that pull out. So these are all the things that the church had in the book of James. But what is it that's going to keep you and I enduring in these last days? What is it that's going to keep our marriages? What is it that's going to keep us on course with God so that we don't fall to the left and we don't fall to the right? And I believe the first thing that the scripture speaks about is persistent and enduring with the spirit of faith. In Acts 14, it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue, to persevere, to endure in the faith, and that we must do much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. See, faith is not an experience. Faith is not a concept, okay? Faith is not a movement, and faith is not a cause. Faith is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark 11, 22 says, have faith in God for whosoever shall say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Faith is what gets our prayers answered. We resist the enemy by faith. We hold up the shield of faith to quench and exterminate all the fiery darts of the enemy. Faith is a weapon. We put on the breastplate of faith. We overcome the flesh. We overcome the world. We overcome the wicked one by the spirit of faith and enduring spirit on the inside. We have freedom from spiritual death and sin by faith. We are made righteous, been made the very righteousness of God by faith, and we have access to the very throne of God in the time of need, in the time of trouble. God is right there, but we need to access the kingdom of God by faith today. We need to be speaking faith. We need to have it deep inside of our heart and out of the overflow abundance of 
the heart, the mouth is going to speak. We need to decree that there's a better day ahead of us. We need to decree that the loved ones are coming back into the kingdom of God and the grip of hell is broken off their life and the grip of heaven is in their waking moment and they're closed throughout the day and in their waking moment at their closing moment at night. We need to be men and women with an enduring spirit of faith today because faith is what's going to see you through. You got into the race today by faith and we're going to finish well by faith. Jesus said when I come back to the earth will I find faith? Well I believe he's found it in the hearts of you and I that are here today because it's awakened by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says this, examine yourself. So the first thing we need to know and do in this period of time is examine ourselves. And it says, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. You know, when we examine something, you know, we're looking at it, we're kind of scrutinizing it, we're trying to make sure it's, you know, what we think it should be or what it should look like. And, you know, if I'm going to do some housework, you know, I might examine some things and look at them and see what needs cleaning or what I need to do. And we need to do the same thing with our hearts. And we need to say, is my faith genuine? You know, maybe you have a little bit of fear. Maybe you have some uncertainty. Maybe, you know, you, you have some doubts. And maybe, you know, you're just not sure what it's going to be like and, and you're panicking. Some people might even be going into a depression. And you know, when we, when we have these other symptoms, then we got to recognize that, you know what, something's wrong in my heart. My faith isn't where it needs to be. And it says, test yourselves. <laughs> Testing means you do something to, you know, see if it actually is where it needs to be or if it's, if it's uh, at the level it should be. But it says, surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. And this is the thing. We have to know, and know means be certain, be sure, be positive, you know, know for sure. Surely we know that Jesus Christ is among us. He is with us. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. And, you know, God has ways of showing us he's with us when we trust him. And, you know, we need to, t we need to step out. We need to begin to do those things and, and exercise our faith and trust God that he is there with us and that he's going to show us a better day. Yeah, there's trials out there. There's bad news out there. We've heard lots of bad news in the last few weeks. You know, even in family members that are struggling with things, we've heard all kinds of stuff. And yet we can listen to those things and get discouraged and just get faint of heart. And, you know, if we start to feel that way, then we know what we need to do. And if you want to build your faith, the Bible tells us, and Pastor Rick just shared that word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to get into the word of God. You need to start confessing the word of God. You need to speak the word of God over those situations and circumstances in your life until faith rises up within you. You know, I've found many times where I was wavering in my faith, where I was struggling, where I was starting to get discouraged, and I set some time aside, and I started quoting scripture out loud. I started quoting scripture with authority. I took the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and I began using it and, and coming against the thoughts and the strongholds that were trying to bombard my mind and make me feel like, you know, something bad's going to happen. I'm not going to have enough. It's not going to work out or this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And those are the kinds of things that the enemy, you know, he comes against us with. One of the things for us, you know, we decided to do, we, we were going to give more. We decided, you know what, we, you, some areas in our lives that we had 
finances coming in, you know, stopped. And so, and we just moved into a new house and we thought, you know what, we're not going to draw back. We're going to give more. We're going to step out and we're going to give to people in need. We're going to find ministries that we need, need help right now. And we're going to sow into some of those ministries. And, and we began to do that. And then all of a sudden things started happening. You know, like one person called and felt they were led to give us some money and wanted to transfer some money into our bank account. Another person in another city who we, a woman we didn't even know, but we spoke in their church. She passed away and she left us a thousand dollars. And you know, all these little things just started happening. And those are the things that God is showing us. I'm with you. I'm here. I'm present in your life. I haven't abandoned you. You know, it's still going to be okay. You got to trust me and you got to step out day by day by day. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the things being the cares of the world, the things we might need in our lives, all these things will be added unto you. And God is faithful. He is faithful to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. And these are things, we're not just saying this and preaching this because we're preachers. We've had to live this out in our lives. And God has never failed us. He's always showed up in every circumstance. And he's always coming through with bigger miracles, smaller miracles, you know, provision, whatever it is. And so God is calling us to, to be able to know that he is still on the throne, but we got to keep him on the throne of our hearts. Amen? The next area that we cover right into is the, in the enduring spirit is continuing in the grace of God. In Acts 13, 43, the disciples were encouraged to continue, to persevere in, to endure in the grace of God. See, when you got born again, God gave you the grace. You didn't have the ability of yourself, but God gave it to you to get saved. And I remember hearing this here 46 years ago, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of works lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. That grace was a gift then, but there's not just a gift of grace for salvation. There's a gift of grace for sanctification to help us break the chains and the strongholds off of our life. There's a sanctifying grace that is given to each one, but there's also a strengthening grace for us to give us the ability to endure contradictions, to endure when we don't see things going the way we believe they should be going, to endure the dry seasons of life, which we all have at one time or another. And that strengthening grace, Paul called it this year. He said, when he was crying out for God to remove the thorn in the flesh, he said, my grace is sufficient. Speaking about the sufficiency of God, the strengthening of God's grace, it's there to help you to break through. We also see the sharing grace that God uh, had shared about with Kathy just a moment ago. And, and, and also the serving grace. It's God's power and ability to help us to endure, but to serve. Find out the needs in your community. Find out. I love what Pastor Howie and Marcia and the team, Don and Dennis are all doing over here with WLO and, and the food bank and how they minister to people in their need. Uh, this is what it's really all about. It's a kingdom mindset. It's not what we can get out of it, but the grace of God is given to you and it's given to me so that we could fulfill the great commission, preaching the gospel into all the world and then the end will come so that we can persevere in spite of circumstances that are going uh, south if you want to term it as such. The world doesn't have the answer. The kingdom of God is birthing. It's the time for the manifestation of the sons of God and the earth to break out. I believe that we saw a historic Pentecost that's never been done since in isolation uh, uh, until when the children of Israel came out through the original Passover.
over. But I also believe there's a historic Pentecost that is on the horizon, and that's going to be an empowering for you and I to endure, to break through, and to persevere in prayer, to persevere with thanksgiving and see his kingdom come and his will be done in your life, in your home, in your family, and in your prayers. You know, I thank God that his grace and his mercy is new every morning, and we Mm. need it. We need to have confidence in that grace. We need to have confidence that he still loves us and that no matter what, even in our doubts, even in our struggles, even in our fears, even if we say things that we wish we didn't say, he's still there for us. He still loves us. And all we have to do is turn to him and ask forgiveness for the things we've said or done. And even ask forgiveness for fear and doubt and unbelief because those things are real, but they're contrary to the word of God. John eight thirty one. it says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue or persevere or endure or keep on in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. It's so easy for the things around us to become more real to us than the word of God. But we have to understand that Jesus is the living word of God. He is the word of God manifest. He is the word of God that is alive. He is the word of God that is in us by his Holy Spirit. And that word is awakened in us when we read his word, speak his word, believe his word, and focus on his word. You know, he says, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. You know, when we watch the news and we hear the reports, we don't know what's true and what isn't true anymore. You know, you hear so many things there's so many conspiracy theories there's all kinds of things being broadcast out there you know and we don't know the truth but I've made this decision you know whether there's a conspiracy theory behind this or not it doesn't matter what matters is I have faith in God to get through this that I have faith in God that if this is the way the one world order is going to come in if this has been planned or if it's not been planned we know that ultimately God is in control it doesn't matter what people do God's going to have the final say the resurrection is is going to have the final say and we need to trust him that the truth of his word is going to overcome override and conquer whatever the world is trying to devise whatever is happening in this world and so we don't need to fear we don't need to be afraid we don't need to look around and say what is this and should i trust this person should i trust that person and is this going to be it or is this happening here you know we can look at all that stuff and when we look at all that stuff it gets scary and we feel like we're out of control. You know what? We're not out of control. We have authority through the word of God and we can take that authority over our lives. You know, one of the other things that we've done is we just believe God and plead the blood over our home, over our family, over our church. And we thank God for the blood of Jesus because, you know, when the angel of death came back in the, the original Passover, you know, the angel of death came over, the, over Egypt and it passed over those that had the blood. And we are children of God. We're in blood covenant with God. We have the blood over our doorposts and we stand fast on those promises of God. You need to know the promises of God and speak those promises that are in his word. That word needs to become more real to you, more truth to you than what you're hearing and seeing around you. And if it's not, then you're not in the word enough. And you need to open up your Bibles and start speaking out scriptures, speaking out the promises of God. One of my favorites is Psalm 91. And I, I try to quote that scripture almost every day. You know, I've got a list of scriptures that I read over and I speak out. I speak them over my life. I speak them over, you know, my family. I speak them over the church. And you know what? When I hear those bad reports, it's okay because I know the word of God overcomes. The word of God has the final say. Jesus didn't come to this world for nothing. He came for a purpose and we have that purpose in us. And so we need to have faith 
in the living word of God. We need to have faith that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We need to have faith that he has a better day for us. And he has a plan and a purpose for this planet. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to be part of it if we can have that enduring faith. And don't look around us just like those running in a race. You know, when you're running in a race, you don't look around who's beside you or who's behind you, you look at the finish line. And we need to be looking at that finish line and keep our focus there. Keep our focus on what God says. Keep our focus on the truth of his word because God doesn't lie. He says every man lies, but he does not lie. Amazingly enough, the Bible says the promises of God are yes to you and amen. And I'm just sensing there's some people that are watching right now in the audience out there that you've just made some bad choices. You just went down a spiral path. And today you're on this year program and you say, is it too late for me? Well, the answer is no, it's not too late. There's somebody that's living with a broken heart. And, And listen, that's gone on for so long inside of your life. It's time for you to allow God. God today to heal the broken heart. He delights in healing the broken heart. There's others that you're chained with shackles of bitterness and unforgiveness and hurts that have transpired in your life. It's time for you to allow the chain breaker, Jesus Christ, to rise up inside of you with the spirit of faith. Take the grace of God that's there today to speak his word, to speak the promises, to speak the blood, and you watch and see your deliverance that's going to take place. The next way to continue on in the enduring spirit is continuing to seek his face daily. Nobody can say right now in this here time of this epidemic that we don't have the time. In the book of 1 Chronicles 16 it says seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Endure continually in the face of God. There are 243 references in scriptures about seeking and 20 more on top to seek. Proverbs 8 is one of my favorites. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. We live this here by faith. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Don't let this opportunity pass by. And even when C-19 will, will come to an end or will get this uh, be under greater control, whatever's going to happen, you continue in the habits that you're forming now to take the time in isolation to seek the face of God. And you say, I don't even know how to do that. Well, just say, God, I don't know how to do it, but I know you do. Help me in this here. And you watch and see how he's going to answer your prayer. I can't get this out of me. There's somebody watching right now. You've been distressed. I mean, anxiety is just hitting you. And I'm just even seeing you wake up and you're waking up in cold sweats right now. Receive God's promise of peace today. He says, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you. Receive God's peace today into your inner man today. Open up your heart today to the love of God and the forgiveness of God and you watch that peace how it's going to heal and how that peace is going to restore. You know one of the things I've learned through this pandemic is all of the things that the world trusts in are being stripped away. You know, so many people, they worship sports, you know, and they're idols, you know, they have all these things that they look to and it's their source of joy and happiness and they, they, you know, constantly talk about it and spend as much time as they can and all of that is stripped away. You know, we can't depend on the stock market. We can't depend on the government. You know, we may be depending on the government for now for finances, but that's not going to last for long and, you know, you know there's got to be an end to that and what's going to be the results of it all and and so we can look at, we can look here and look there and see all the things 
that we're so used to having in our lives. You know, we're used to being, de- to depending on, you know, all the things that have been in place. And so many of those things have fallen apart or they're no longer working the way they did. And so everything's changing. And we have to recognize there's only one thing that we can depend on, only one thing that we can trust in, and that is the love of God. You know, we need to have faith in his love for us. And the more we experience the love of God, the more joy and peace and assurance that we have that everything is going to be okay. You know, it doesn't matter what you feel about ourselves. The devil wants to beat you up with negative self-talk and tell you all the things you've done wrong, all the mistakes you've made, and we've all made them. We've all done things wrong. We've all said things we regretted. We've all, you know, thought things or, or, you know, believed things that we shouldn't have. Maybe we've gone to things for for comfort instead of going to God for comfort. And, And all of these things are being stripped away from us right now. And God is still there. He's constant. You know, he's there to love us. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And faith works by love. And when we experience the love of God, then we're automatically motivated and desiring to love other people. We want to pour that love out on someone else. And if we're not pouring love on other people, then we're not really getting the love of God in our life. We're not really seeing it for what it really is. And that's why the cross is so important, because when we focus on the cross, we can see the love of God in such an incredible way, in a way that just, every time I think about the cross and really think about it, not just mentally assent it, but really meditate on it, I end up on my knees in awe of the love of God. It just overwhelms me. And I'm so... Uh, comforted and and feel so assured you know he is my refuge he is my strength he's my hiding place he's where I go in my time of need and he's always there to meet whatever it is in my life and he'll do it for you none of us is disqualified from his love as long as we trust in it and believe in it and allow that love to permeate every part of our lives because that's what he wants to do in every one of us you know people can let us down I can do something and then be cut off from someone love but I can't be cut off from God's love and the Bible says you know if we can't love others then we don't really know him you know we really don't know his love and we don't have love for others and so we need to have that love constantly in our hearts in our lives and let it pour out into the people in our lives and and we need to let them know that we love them you know sometimes we may not feel that love sometimes maybe they've done things to hurt or disappoint us but we need to overcome that Jesus overcame that for us because we've done lots of things Every one of us that would disappoint him or, you know, hurt him in some way because we've turned our backs on him at sometimes or disobeyed him in some way. Mm-hmm. But it, that doesn't matter because God's grace covers us for all of that. What matters is that we run to him and his mercies are new every morning. His grace is new every morning. His love is there for us every single day so that we can experience it and know it. And so no matter what goes on in this world, we will have persecution. The Bible says we will have temptations. Mm-hmm. We will have trials. There will be circumstances rising up that, that would seem over overwhelming, but God is there. The cross forever stands. It forever speaks. It forever reveals to us his love for us and the promise of the resurrection on the other side of it. You know, Jesus said it very simply. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. We need to endure in the love of God. At the end of last year, a friend of mine, Reverend uh, Derek Drover, actually wrote a prayer. It was called a New Year's Prayer, and I actually took it and pasted it and put it right into my morning devotional. And this is part of what it says. I do not expect a year without hardships of those who in this earthly life can escape. I do, however, expect that you will make a way for me 
as you always have. My heart will not be troubled, for if I live, I belong to you, and if I die, I belong to you, but nothing can separate me from your love. And then he brought this here out, and I've been praying this here. He says, above all other things which I set out to accomplish this year, may it be to grow in love. Let that always and even be the main goal, to grow in love. That's my heart, that my heart would be tender, understanding and patient, that no coldness, bitterness, or ungratefulness would be found inside. Help me to find and pull out every root that may be in me which was not planted by you. You know, I look over my life and I look at some of the greatest challenges that I've had in my life and it's areas where I failed in the love of God, where I failed to respond in the love of God. And you know, at times in your life you live with regrets in those areas, but the regrets need to go to the cross and be laid down at the cross so that you can pick up and move on from there. And I believe if you failed in the love of God like Rick has failed in the love of God, it's time to dust ourselves off. It's time to get back up and get those promises activated again and ask God for his grace every day to love those that are unlovable, to love those that are difficult, to love those that might be challenging inside of your life. And as you do that, the Bible says you will never fail. We got to close. You know, we also have to have faith in the goodness of God. God is good. It's so easy to point at God and say, why are you letting this happen? You know, why aren't you doing something? You know, what's wrong? Why, you know, we can, we can make these accusations against God's character. And, and that is so wrong because God is good. We act like we know better than him. Like we know the big plan. We don't know the big plan. We only know what the little bit of it we see. God is a God that has a plan for this world. He has a purpose and it is good. And we have to trust God that whatever we see happening, no matter how dark it may appear, that there's going to be something good coming out of it. And we have to have faith in that. The Bible says that if we have that... Uh you know, all things work together for good to those that love God. Okay. And we trust in his character. We trust in the That's knowledge right. that he is a good God. There's lots of things I don't understand. I can look at circumstances and think, what, what's going on, God? Why, where are you in this? What's happening in this? And many great men and, and women of God have lost their faith because they judged God's character. But the cross speaks of God's character. The cross tells us this is who God is. Jesus revealed the exact character of God. And so no matter how dark it looks, no matter what we see going on, we have to trust that there's good going to come out of all of this. And in the big picture, in the picture of eternity, that's why we need to look at eternity, not just what's here on earth. Because sometimes things look horrible here on earth, but we don't see the other side of it. We don't see what's going on in eternity. We don't see what's gonna, what this is going to produce for all of eternity. We don't see the people coming into the kingdom of God being set free from all the sickness and darkness and horrible things maybe they've had to endure in their lives. But we are called to endure. We're called by God to trust him through the process, through the days, That's one day at a time. And he gives us grace for each day. He gives us opportunity each day, opportunity to seek him, to get into his word, to worship him, to trust him, to use the word to cast down the negative thoughts and to just walk through day by day in victory. So God is a good God. Trust in his goodness. Trust that he has our best interest at heart in all of this. 
You know, the church at Rome uh, needed the enduring spirit also. They had many, many different challenges. You can see it right at the beginning in chapter 1 and chapter 2, all the way through. But then it really spoke in chapter 3 and 4 about faith and how important it is. And again, right into the work of the cross at 5. Therefore, now being justified by faith, we have peace with God into chapter 5. And then 6, 7, and 8, all the way through, speaks about the struggles that you and I have, putting off the old and then putting on the new. But then we see something in Romans 15 at the end. The Apostle Paul, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It brings it out so clear. Now, may the God who gives the power of patient endurance, the writer goes and puts steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement, grant you to live in such mutual harmony and such full sympathy with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing that the writer actually records over there that may God who gives the power of patient endurance and that of encouragement. Did you know the Holy Spirit is there in your life today to raise you up? The Holy Spirit is there today to take you out of the pits. The Holy Spirit is there today to break every chain, to break every negativity that's going on inside of your life today. And as Kathy and I go to communion now at this here time, we want to give you the opportunity, listen very carefully, to connect with us. Just send to the church today. They have it up on the screen right now. Text them if this message has meant anything to you today. Uh, email them in any way that you'd like to and just let us know how the messages week after week that Pastor RJ and Pastor Mary are sharing, how they're ministering to you today so that we can connect with you on another level. We love and appreciate you and I want to encourage you now to go and to take some bread, to take some juice out of your refrigerator. Uh, if you don't have any, just take water, whatever it is that you have. It's just only an emblem but we're going to get in and break bread together. And while we're doing that, also we want to encourage you, if you would like to support the ministries of WCF and the things that we're doing with inside of our community here, then please uh, kindly give today. All the information is right there on the screen. The biggest way that people are giving today is by e-transfers today. All you got to do is giving at wcf.ca. It's very, very easy. Others are giving by debit. And whatever you're giving, we really appreciate it today. Whether it's the widow's mite, the small seed of five or ten dollars, it's greatly appreciated to help us with the vision of what it is that God is doing today. And as Kathy and I have shared, uh, when this all hits, it cut off completely all of our speaking out there. But we have not lacked in one good thing. We've seen the provision of God come our way, and every need is met by the grace of God. So we just encourage you in this here area to text today and give something today and the seed that leaves your hand will never leave your life but will continue to even produce in generations to come. So Kath, we're going to go right into communion. The Apostle Paul spoke about in the night in which Jesus was betrayed. Of all the things that he received by revelation, it says in the night in which Jesus was betrayed. The Bible said he took bread and he gave thanks and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He writes on later and he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. 
And that's the cry of the Father's heart, I believe, for all of us, is to put our selfish ambition aside, to put our, our, our disagreements aside, and let's follow the way that Jesus showed for us 2,000 years ago that has changed nations, that has changed government, that has changed leaders, and changed the landscape of the hearts of God's people today. Let's endure and persevere in that love and forgiveness of God's grace today. So, Father, as we have the bread in our hands, we're reminded of the covenant that we have with you, our God, that you actually said that you are the bread of life, the sustainer of our life, the provider of our life, the provision for our life, the strength of our life, the health for our life, the purpose for our life, and Lord, the release of the grace of God to fulfill and run the race well. So, Father, as we partake of the bread today, may you release a spirit of faith inside of every man, woman, and child that's watching today. May there be a spirit of faith and a sound of faith rising up across Essex County in the world that we live in today because it's by faith that we are going to endure and see the kingdom come and God's will be done in your home, your family, your marriage, and in every area of your life. Let us partake of the bread. And Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Our salvation was bought and purchased with a great price, and that is blood. And blood is the life, the life of the body. And we thank you for that blood. That blood runs in us. That blood is over us. That blood caused us to be in covenant with you, the living God. And so, Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, that that blood is over this church, over Pastor RJ and Mary and their family, and over all of the staff and all of the leadership, Father, and all the members of this church, this congregation. We thank you for the blood is over all of those that have come into your kingdom and that trust in you and know that you are with them. And so, Father, we trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. We, plus, we trust in its salvation. We trust in its protection. We trust, Father God, in it, it has adopted us as children of the Most High God. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for the blood of Jesus Christ. And that because of it, we are part of the body of Christ, building stones, part of the kingdom, and that we are the light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. As we go today, may the prophet Isaiah's words ring in your ears today, and may faith rise up as we hear what he said. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And, the, and, and it says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, the day we're living in. But the Lord will arise on you, his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed by your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The abundance of the seas is speaking about the masses of people that I believe that are in the valley of decision even in this time frame of history and as a uh, an ambassador that you and I are called to be today may we represent him well by sharing our love sharing our faith 
sharing the love of God and the goodness of God to those that are around us today. I believe that harvest is here. I believe it's the time for the church to enter in and everybody touch one. Uh, Go 220 is going on right now where believers around the world are challenged that everyone shares their faith at least with one person during this year's time. And I want to encourage all of you in the listening audience to share about what God is doing in your life, to share about the cross, to share about his forgiveness, and to see people be reconciled to God. Amen. And we love and we miss you all. And we just pray that you will take that enduring spirit and that you will press through. And we just thank God that there's better days ahead. And we're trusting him that we're going to see great things happen. And whatever this looks like when it's all done, we know that it doesn't matter if it's if it's financially terrible doesn't matter what's going on god is still on the throne and remember he has a purpose and a plan for you and we are here for a season to build his kingdom god bless you and we love you connect in on wednesday night and have the best day of your life love and appreciate y'all amen